Welcome to Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You, a podcast about everything you need to know about teens. I'm Kathy. And I'm Meredith. And we speak teenager. Uh, did we also mention that we're best friends? We've worked as admission officers, prep school administrators, and most importantly, have coached thousands of teens. In other words, we have seen it all. So join us every week as we give you the lowdown on all the shit your teenager isn't telling you. Because trust us, there's a lot of it. And if you don't know what to do with the teenagers in your life, don't worry. We've got your back. Okay, so Meredith, it's very exciting because we're in person today. And after we just spent an hour trying to figure out our lights, we've decided that just overhead office just lights. Just overhead. It's fluorescent. Fine. It's fine. We got all these professional spotlights. Doesn't matter. Just we're gonna go overhead. We'll figure this out at some point. But anyways, the price we're trying to say video. We could, we could look better than this. We could definitely look. We better could look than better, this, than but this. that's all right. So we're very excited because we're recording in person, which doesn't happen all the time. We can touch each other. <laughs> and so we're in season two. We've been thinking a lot about how we can make our podcast more relevant and helpful for parents. And so we, Meredith and I, have been thinking a lot about frequently asked questions like what kind of questions do we get from parents and students all the time and teenagers right so today we thought we would answer an age-old question <laughs> that we get on the daily <gasps> on the daily maybe not sundays maybe not sundays but we get it a lot it's a lot and the question is is it better to get an a in a quote-unquote regular class yeah yeah or a b in a AP slash honors class. I hate that question. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Why do you hate that question? <laughs> okay. So it's, it is a question we get asked all of the time. I think I hate that question because it sort of operates on some basic premises. Premises? Premises? Premise. Premise. Pre- on, but if it's plural? Pre- pre- premises. On more than one premise. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, y'all. <laughs> that are in of themselves incorrect. Like... That you can kind of gamify your transcript so much that if you only mm-hmm. have honors classes and that's and it doesn't really matter what grades you get, or if you only have regular classes and get A's, then that's the ticket into a highly selective school. And it's all mostly a bunch of nonsense. So why does that question bother you? It's an understandable question. I should say that. I do think if you're not familiar with well the process of applying to college, and if it's, say, your first child in high school... It is a question that makes sense. I think we just grow fatigued because we get asked it all the time. Well, I'll tell you what my answer is. It's better to get, get an A in an honors class? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> it's better to get And I that mean, is our set our episode. <laughs> to it. I mean, kids hate that answer, right? Because they want you to say, I want you to get an A. Just take regular just classes. Just take regular classes. Yourself yeah. And just yeah, get yeah, yeah. A's and take the easiest path and that's going to be okay. Right. Well, but it's not. So, I mean, it is. It is okay. But I know when they're asking me that question, the kid usually wants to go to a really highly selective college. And when we say highly selective, we mean with admission rates below 20%, right? And usually even below that. Most of the schools that kids are asking me about have a single digit admit rate. And so yeah. they want to know okay, here's my schedule. It feels really hard already. So can I just level down here and be okay? And the answer is maybe, but objectively speaking, no. an A in a AP or honors class is objectively better. I think, 
I think this is something that's really important for students to understand that they just don't think about. And why would they? Is that I think when they're asking that question, they're almost trying to like sneak something past an admission officer. Like, well, they'll just see a bunch of A's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah. won't necessarily. Right, my GPA. My GPA yeah, is going to be. GPA. Yeah. Well, okay. Newsflash, my friends. So <laughs> admission counselors actually spend a great deal of time analyzing exactly. a transcript. Right. And they're looking at the courses that a student took relative to what's available to them at their high school, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, I used to, when I worked in admissions, I used to work in the Southwest primarily. And there were a number of schools that had limits. We had the same territory, actually. We did. You had Texas, I had Texas. I gave Texas to you, actually. Yes, thank you. Facts. Hey, Hey, Texas. Um, (laughs) And there were a number of schools, for example, that put limits on the amount of honors or AP classes that a student could take as a freshman or a sophomore. So Obviously, I knew that as an admission counselor, and I wasn't penalizing those students for not having more rigorous coursework as a ninth grader because they couldn't. Their school didn't allow it. On the other hand, there were other schools where I knew that there were sort of no limits on that. The student is performing well Mm -hmm. in their sort of regular level courses. And then I'd sort of scratch my head junior, senior year if I didn't see anything more advanced because every indication on the transcript said, this kid can handle this curriculum, why not stretch a little bit? So I think the most important thing to remember with that question is transcripts get analyzed like a lot. That was one of the things I looked at the longest of all of the components of an application. Yeah. And it's worth noting that colleges oftentimes recalculate GPA. So almost always when you're looking at your raw GPA off your transcript, you're thinking like, well, in my school, you know, but your GPA is going to get recalculated. And the nice thing with UC is that they're really transparent with how they calculate and which classes are going to get honors bumps and which ones aren't. The University of California system. Yeah, University of California. That's right. So that's all to say it's kind of a futile game to play, right? Like if you're trying to game the system. You're not fooling anybody. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, uh, uh. so that begs the question, (laughs) Kathy, that begs the question of then if that is a, is a, a fool's errand, How then should a student think about the rigor of the curriculum and course selection? Well, I and I think all school counselors out there, any adult who's helping kids in schools register for classes, I think the general advice is always challenge yourself in the subjects that you find interesting and engaging and that you think you can do well in. Right. I will play devil's advocate and say that with yourself. I'm going to play devil's advocate with myself, right? Because I do think that the reality is if a kid came to me and was like, my dream school is plug in any Ivy League, Stanford, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they're like, but I'm really thinking I'm only going to take these two AP senior year, even though I'm eligible for five. I'd be like, "Eh, it's not good enough. (laughs) Right. But they're like, but I'm not that interested in the other ones. And I'm like, well, too bad. Like, honestly. Yeah. Like, I think the like empathetic developmental, like warm, fuzzy advice isn't always reality either. Well, I think it's a choice. It is a choice, right? I think it's a choice, right? So a student could pursue the two AP classes and have a list of dream schools that have a sub 10% admit rate. And that student and that family need to understand that Mm -hmm. doing so is a liability. It's just unfortunately true that the vast majority of students who get into highly, highly selective schools have pretty flawless transcripts. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not all they have, nor is that every single student. Yeah. But that's the vast majority of students. And if it's so important for a student to, say, 
not pursue these advanced level AP courses, or if there's an extenuating circumstance why they can't. For example, they have some household responsibilities, so they just can't, or they need to work 15, 20 hours a week. Or they're like a highly competitive athlete, and they are playing at a national level, and they're at practice for five hours. It's understandable. There's reasons why. There are valid reasons why. But if you are a student thinking about highly selective college admission, you need to get uncomfortable with your curriculum, (laughs) honestly. Like, it's not just about your personal interests. Or you need to accept that staying in your lane might mean down the road, it will be much harder, if not impossible, for you to get into certain kinds of schools. And that's just the truth. It's just the reality of how competitive it is, right? And it sucks to say this because I know it causes kids, when I say it to them, our students, it causes them tons of stress. And they're like, oh my God. Well, and parents, absolutely. Oh my God. Because the reality is there are kids who can, in fact, do it all. (laughs) And I am almost saying that like cringy because it is cringy. It's cringy because, I mean, not for those kids. It's great. But I, I think that kids live in their own worlds. And it makes sense. Teenagers live in their own world. And then when you're in the bubble of your high school, right, you kind of see everything through that lens. You're like, in the context of my high school. I'm really, this, I'm uh, number two. Right. right. And then when you open that up to the thousands of high schools, tens of thousands, tens of, high of thousands of high schools that are in the country, just this country, by the way, there are kids playing from other countries. There are. <laughs> yeah. That you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like it feels really impressive to be elected student body president. But think about how many high schools have a student body president, right? So we lose context. And so when you've worked in admissions like Meredith and I have, and we have read thousands of applications, you can see the entirety of what's available and possible for kids, right? And I hate to say it because I think it just causes more stress, but I think that is the reality. And I think for some of my For highly selective. For highly selective. Admission. Yes, we should talk about that we are really focused on highly selective because I think that's what we hear the most about, what people want. And also it tends to be the most mysterious in some ways, right? Like, how do kids get into that? Yeah, I don't actually think it's that mysterious. I think it's just that people have a hard time accepting that it's not a meritocracy and that you have to do certain things in a certain way that are really difficult. Yeah, and very challenging. For me, I think the sort of follow-up question often is, well, how do I know if my kid can handle it? So students in high school, parents, if you're listening to this, it's about your student trying progressively more rigorous curriculum every year. Right. So freshman year, they come, they start high school. Maybe there's a certain maybe they were taking placement tests for certain like language or math are usually the only places where freshmen can kind of accelerate. And you see how it goes. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. are they staying up till three o'clock in the morning? Okay, that's a good indication that it's not healthy for them to maybe take on more rigor as a sophomore. Are they like finishing their homework in 45 minutes? Great. Cool. Ask them how that experience looks for them, because I think you can't pursue the most rigorous curriculum at the expense of X. And X has to be, I think, a family decision. For me, it would be like when I notice students do not sleep, when their stress and anxiety is through the roof, when they're unable to have some modicum of balance in other areas of their life, right? Because now we're wandering into unhealthy territory. And so then you as a parent have to really make some hard choices between Yes, I'm hearing that my child should take AP mm-hmm. BC calculus as a junior, and technically they could, 
And then that, that would mean it could take linear algebra as a senior, and that would be great. Mm-hmm. But I'm also watching my kid wither. Mm-hmm. I'm also watching my kid stay up way too late. Mm-hmm. I'm watching them no longer hang out with their friends. Okay, mm-hmm. is it worth it to you? Knowing that we're talking, Kathy and I are talking about a tiny percentage of the four-year colleges that exist in this country. And mm-hmm. I think those are some of the hard choices. I think it can get yep. really easy to get myopic in that moment. Yeah. Be like, yes, it's worth it. it. Suck it up, you know? Totally. I mean, I tell kids all the time that I'm working with, you can try the more rigorous schedule and you can always change. There's a course change yeah. period, right? And I know it's not ideal, but you can try it out, right? Try the more rigorous schedule. And my seniors... They'll say back to me, oh, I know I can't do that. Right. Like they'll say, like, I know with my schedule and I know with my stress levels, that's just not going to be good for me. And I have to fill out college applications. So I always appreciate it when seniors can say to me, you know what? That's not going to work for me. Or I just had a kid last week who tried a schedule and was like, oh, hell no. (laughs) Was like, "Mm -mm, can't do it. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Right. I had a student who had, who took on a very rigorous schedule junior year and did fine, little dip in grades, but it came at a huge price. And so senior year, even though they're looking at highly selectives, Mm -hmm. they took it down a notch. Right. And they're excelling. They're happier. Mm -hmm. They're more able to finish responsibilities and deadlines in other parts of their life. Like it was just a net positive move. So I think going back to our original question of, is it better to get an A in a regular class or a B in an honors class? I think that question is so simplistic and it's not a simple choice. Like I think uh, hopefully what you're hearing is that there is a simple answer in a way. Mm -hmm. Take really hard classes to get into highly selective colleges and universities. Cool. That seems easy Mm -hmm. and straightforward. Mm -hmm. But when you start to unpack that more and the cascading consequences that could result from doing so, you recognize that for each individual child, there needs to be an individual decision and choice made and trade-offs need to be balanced and considered. Sometimes you need to experiment. Sometimes mm-hmm. that experiment's going to work and sometimes it's not. So it's just not a, it's not an easy. No, it's a highly it's nuanced. Complex. Yeah, it's complex. There's a lot of nuance to the answer. And so when we would get this at a parent night, inevitably it would come up at a college counseling parent night, right? Or when you had a class meeting, they would be like, eh, you know. <laughs> and kids are never satisfied with the answer. Parents aren't really ever satisfied with the answer because Meredith and I can talk ad nauseum about this, as you can tell. There's a lot to well, consider. Well, they want, they want a soundbite answer, and it's not a soundbite question, no, really. It, it belies a much more deeper level of consideration and right. reflection, I think. And it's personal, right? Yeah. It's dependent on the kid. And there are kids who I there know are kids who and can do it. who can actually and with ease. Can do it. With, yeah. With and ease. It's, it's not. I mean, they just – we'll do an episode of, around maturity intelligence and the role that plays in the admissions process. Yeah. But there are kids who can do it. And if that's your kid, great. And I would say, let's go to the dark side, Meredith. The dark side of this is that parents or kids who are so determined, even though developmentally, cognitively, they're not prepared to take on the load, yeah. who will push themselves to take extra classes over the summer yeah, or take yeah, yeah. enrichment Starting from like, I don't know, since they're like In- six, enrichment. you know, they've been doing enrichment. I mean, I have feelings. I have feelings about enrichment. (laughs) I have strong feelings about enrichment. But I think that is all because parents want their kids to be ahead, right? Like, let's take this class. Yeah. Let's get rid of this math in summer so that we can level up. Take Spanish three 
between sophomore and junior year. So instead of taking Spanish three as a junior, you can take AP Spanish four. Yeah. And then just be done with languages. And then you can double up on math. Right. Then you can double up on math. (laughs) Yeah. But then you can also concurrently enroll in a community college class that's like the equivalent of Spanish five. That's right. Right, right, right. And I, there's parents right now taking notes. They're like, what? what They're like, doing? oh, I can do that. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> exactly. And you're, or, you're, or you're like, wait a minute. There's people doing that? Oh, shit. We're way behind. <laughs> right? We're not saying this to stress you out, but we see. We are stressing people out right we now. We are stressing people out. I'm stressing myself out right now. I'm getting. Honest. It's also just hot in here. I, the air conditioning turned on. Did it? It's, yeah, it's blowing on me. Sorry. <laughs> But this is a stressful conversation because I think ultimately it's like, oh, my God, am I hurting my kids' chances ultimately of getting into the school that they want to get into, right? If I don't, an interesting way to phrase that. Am I hurting my kids' chances? Absolutely. I think parents definitely see it that way. Yeah, stop am doing I, that, parents. Like, am I doing a disservice? Have I not stepped right. up? Have I not? Right, pretty, right. Like, I see – because it, when you get a parent who has been, like, pretty chilled – their whole life. And then all of a sudden they get into middle school and they start having these conversations with other parents. What do you hear all the time from parents who are like, all of a sudden in the parent world? Well, usually, usually it starts with, I am so not that parent, but <laughs> <laughs> I know if you're that parent, we're calling you out. Right. It usually starts with some version of like, I'm not normally this parent, but the next two minutes, I'm going to be that parent where they ask me, yeah, like, I heard that. And it was followed by an I heard that yeah, yeah, prefix. Yeah. Absolutely. I heard that. I was at coffee. Blah, 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 blah. We went on a hike. After and college went... night, a couple of us were hanging out in the parking lot before we went home. <laughs> and we heard. And I realized that three of the five moms had their kids in test prep as freshmen. And we're just starting test prep now. And my child's a junior. Ooh, have I an episode on test prep. Have I <laughs> failed my child? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and it's once you start getting in the mix of parents, right? Then parents are like, oh, you know, if you want to get your kid into... Some parents. Not all the parents. But what you'll start hearing is, well, as early as elementary or middle school, if you're applying to prep school, we also have parents call us about applying to prep school. Right. Like, they're like, well, I heard if you... I used to work at As early as preschool. Yeah. Oh, sure. I mean, (laughs) if you're a parent of a student who went to a private preschool... Yeah. You're already here. Actually, email us. So you, you can come on and be a guest so we can talk about the madness. Because I have friends right now who yeah, are in that stage. In and, I'm, yeah. and they're calling me. I'm like, totally. They're going to ask you some questions. They're going to watch your kid draw. Like, right, right. You're going to be fine. Well, the adjacent question to, is it better to get an A in a regular class or a B in an AP class is, should I send my kid to private school or should I send my kid to public school? Mm, that's Similar a good episode. Question. Good episode. Right? Like, it's very similar in terms of, like, what ultimately the question is asking. It's like, should we take the easier path right, and do really well there? Well, it's, or that's, should a, we take that's a more privileged path? question, too. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah. I mean, let's we work with a lot of very privileged families. Yeah, but I think we just also need to, like, regularly name that. Oh, yeah. We're sitting in a privileged area of the country. Totally. There's a bougie-ass farmer's market outside of my, my office right now. And I walked in here, and I didn't stop once. I'm impressed. Thank you. You didn't stop for a $10 baked good? I did not stop. I absolutely did not stop. For, I was not going to pay $12 for like a scone. No. It's a scone, Meredith. Girl. <laughs> Just so you know, I was in Ireland and Scotland this summer. And I like the a, a authoritative hair flip. It's called a scone. Anyway. 
This is where your partner criticizes us for getting quote unquote flabby in our episodes. So, oh yes, here he is. Aiden tells us we're flabby sometimes, but it's okay. We like being flabby. <laughs> I'm feeling extra flabby these days. We are approaching the thickening. It's mm-hmm. not here. It's not yet. I know. It's really sad that the thickening is not here yet, but I'm already feeling the thickening happening. Okay. All right. We're going to be all right. So yeah, I think this question begs when you find yourself wrestling with this question, I think, first of all, I think it's a good question to wrestle with an emphasis on the word wrestle because it, as you hopefully you're able to see that there's more consideration than meets the eye initially. And I think Mm -hmm. that it's worth having those discussions with your child and really helping them consider the pros and cons of path A versus path B versus path C and helping them become more critically thinking about their choices. You know, for some students, when you really lay it out there, they recognize, oh, I actually do really want this kind of option in my college process. And so I'm willing to level up. I'm willing to level up my motivation, step up my study practices. Sometimes why students aren't successful is because they're just being lazy and they could up the ante a little bit. And Mm -hmm. it can be a motivator for some students. For others, it's going to be the opposite impact. It can be very demotivating. It can have negative consequences on self-concept and self-esteem that are important to pay attention to and respond to. So I think philosophically as a parent, you got to kind of get clear with yourself. Like, am Mm -hmm. I going to allow, what's our North Star here? Is it, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, We are always trying to play the long game. And while we work with a lot of students who are ambitious about highly selective colleges, we want them to be healthy 25, 35, 45-year-olds. So Mm -hmm. as a parent, you got to think about it from that context too. Where are we trying to go? Is it that important to me that they take these sets of classes, even if it means some dire consequences in other parts of their lives and their overall well-being? Are you willing to make that trade? I don't know. Yeah. And- I think when you come across these conversations as your kids are approaching young adulthood, it's a great opportunity to discuss values, right? What you truly value as a family and taking some of the pressure off on getting into the most selective college you can possibly get into. And I will say it again. But those are the only good colleges. Well, this is the thing. We will have this. I was just going to say, we will have more episodes on this topic because we just can't have enough yeah, it's episodes never ending. Yeah. on the topic, but where your kids go to college is not who they will be. Or, or who they are. Def- it's not who they are. It does not define them. It does not define their long-term success. And the more you can embrace and hold on to that belief, the better you can make some of these choices. Right. I would also add that how you approach the college process can deeply influence positively or negatively, Mm -hmm. their intrinsic sense of worthiness. So tread carefully, my friends, because you don't want to make the college process a referendum either on your own parenting Mm -hmm. or on their success in high school. So Mm -hmm. it's really important to celebrate diverse strengths in your children. So for example, there was no way, there was no way your homegirl was taking BC calculus in high school. But if that is what I'm so attached to for my self-esteem, that is highly problematic. So maybe your child, you've learned, you tried some harder classes, they didn't do well, it was coming at a cost and you've ratcheted back. Celebrate the ways that they're being successful in other parts of their life, whether that's how they're showing up in their personal relationships, in their Mm -hmm. athletic involvement, in their community engagement. Mm -hmm. Celebrate a diverse range of successes 
not just, oh, you are in multivariable calculus now. We're picking on math a lot. I think it's because we both don't like math very much. I like it in theory. I just I also don't. I mean, in theory, I'm not sure I like it in theory either, but like really hard math. Mm. But I think we're picking on math because that's also like in the world of course selection. It's so concrete. And it's always where the nerds, quote unquote, nerds <laughs> gravitate. Right. So it's seen as like, that's another conversation. Maybe we'll just touch on it briefly here. But a big complaint that I get from families is that the humanities, like my kid is really a humanities, like they like reading and writing. Yeah. And there really isn't a lot of opportunities for them to take honors or advanced courses. Right. And writing and reading and critical Mm -hmm. thinking. Right. But there's lots of ways to do it in math and science. Yeah. So I think that's partially why we're picking on math a little bit. And language. Math, science and language. They're very, they're cumulative and they're leveled. Yeah. Kinds of curriculum. Right, right. It's like this builds on this, this builds on this, and now you can take this level class, right? Right. And in the humanities, you can do some AP history classes. You can do some AP English, but it's not a level. It's like, you don't have to take AP Euro to get into AP Gov. Correct. Right. Well, some schools might have those kinds of prerequisites. Might have some of those prerequisites, but generally speaking, right. no. So anyways, and I, I feel that my students who aren't STEM kids feel like they can't ever reach the level of prestige or esteem that a kid who would be taking multivariable calculus, you know what I mean? Like they don't get to be seen as the smart nerdy kid, right? Because they're a humanities kid and they're just really good at writing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it, again, it speaks to the whole artifice of it all. Like it's just a construct that we have a secondary, I mean, don't get me started, friends. <laughs> I'll try to keep my soapbox to a minimum. <laughs> like secondary curriculum, with the exception of a few schools, looks kind of the same today as it did right before World War II. Yeah, <laughs> And it's simple if it's Spanish 1, Spanish 2, Spanish 3, Spanish 4, right? Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. tend to like simpler things. And It's kind of a call on the admission offices. And I think we're seeing this needle move with the removal of standardized testing from many schools review processes. But it's a call on the admission offices to create more nuance in the review process so that a student who's really sort of humanities oriented has Mm -hmm. equal opportunity Mm -hmm. to show off. Right. And it's checking your biases, right? Like we as admissions folks... Parents should know this. It's a human process. So people are going to have bias. And I remember very well somebody that we worked with. One of their biases was AP Latin. They love. Now, don't go all trying to take AP Latin now because I said this. But most schools are getting rid of their Latin programs. <laughs> Latin's dying. It's dying. I mean, it's, it's been in- dead, but it's real dying now. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like that was her bias. She was like, oh, I love it when a kid takes AP Latin. That like really stands out to me as something that feels rigorous, right? It's not based in I'm a it's lot not of empirical. Science. Right, right. It's not it's empirical. empirical. It's, it's subjective. Just, it's totally subjective. So here's the advice. Have your child take as rigorous a curriculum as they can handle. Period. Hard stop. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. So for some kids, it's gonna be five APs. For others, it's gonna be one honors class. And it is okay to get a B in an AP class. I think we should say that. It is okay. Yeah. It's okay. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Look at me like I'm crazy. Look at those people like that. They're crazy. <laughs> I can't see those people. 
Hi, people. Meredith just went, yeah. Well, like, it's so obvious, but I don't think it is obvious to people. Like, I think a lot of kids think, if I can't get an A in it, I should just not try it. I don't think that's accurate. Ugh. What? (laughs) No, it just makes me, it makes me (laughs) agitated. That kids would feel that way? It makes me sad because it's so far removed from the process of learning. That's right. I know. <gasps> Remember school's about learning? I know. Remember That's that? The thing, ultimately, right? That's- school's about learning because the college process dictates so much of what kids do. And please listen to the episode with my dad because he speaks to this point that while a child may in high school play the game of school really well, they're actually going to have to demonstrate habits of learning once they get to college. Independently. Independently, without all mm-hmm. the infrastructure. Correct. That typically students experience at the secondary level. So, you know, learning. We haven't spent too much time in this episode talking about the learning. <laughs> but it matters. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> yeah, school is for learning. And it is important. I mean, it's so easy to lose sight of it in this conversation. But totally. Yeah, absolutely. He was waiting in the wings. Oh, I wanted boy. to just bring it back in. You know, I, I appreciate it. Thank you for doing that. Have we solved all the problems? Have we answered the question? I think. I don't know. You tell us. Email us. Let us know. Have let we us answered know the question? If we've answered your question or just muddied the waters further, yeah, which is usually we have, what we're good at. Yeah. If we have muddied the waters more, that's fine. Just send a follow-up question. And we'll answer it on one of our episodes. All Amazing. Right. Amazing. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>